This is a podcast from Delancey Elim Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 in the Delancey Elim Church building at Le Banc St. Sampson's in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us or to find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk. Lord, we just love to be in your presence. We love to sit at your feet and just drink in your Holy Spirit and your life and your love and your power into our lives, Lord. And I pray this morning as we come around your word, as we read your holy, anointed words, Lord, that we would be excited by what we hear. Lord, that we would be challenged by what we hear. And Lord, that we would learn more about you and your plans and your purposes for us as your children, as your followers this morning, in your awesome name. Amen. Well, I want to carry on with the series that we've been doing, which is Men of Faith. We've looked at Elijah and David, and today we're going to look at Daniel. Uh, a well-known character in the Bible, one that I'm sure you were taught of in Sunday school. If you went to Sunday school, or even at school, you would know of this Daniel of the Bible. And I just want to read <coughs> an introduction to Daniel from uh, my Life Application Bible. <coughs> An earthquake shakes the foundation of our security. A tornado blows away a lifetime of mementos. An assassin's bullet changes national history. A drunk driver claims an innocent victim. A divorce shatters a home. International and personal tragedies make our world seem a fearful place, overflowing with evil and seemingly out of control. And the litany of bombings, coups, murders and natural disasters could cause us to think that God is absent or impotent. Where is God, we cry, sometimes engulfed by sorrow and despair. 25 centuries ago, Daniel could have despaired. He and thousands of his countrymen were deported to a foreign land after Judah was conquered. Daniel found himself facing an egocentric despot and surrounded by idolaters. Instead of giving in or giving up, this courageous young man held fast to his faith In his God, Daniel knew that despite the circumstances, God was sovereign and was working out his plan for nations and individuals. The book of Daniel centers around this profound truth, the sovereignty of God. Daniel is one of the most beloved Bible characters that we know, a great biblical hero. And the author, and he's also the author of the same book, Daniel, which we will be looking at and delving into this morning. He, along with others, were, uh, were carried captive 
to Babylon. They, were, they went from Jerusalem on, on a great journey around Israel to Babylon. And they were given other names. And Daniel was given another name, Belshazzar. Daniel was a wise and a prudent man. And he was gifted with this ability to interpret dreams. And he was only a teenager when he was taken from Jerusalem to Babylon, with, um, from Judah to um, Babylon with the many other people. And whilst he was there, he was given a number of visions. And the visions from chapter 7 onwards help us to interpret the end times. And they've been used greatly for us to help us have a, a greater understanding of the end times. J. Oswald Sanders, a, a writer that I've been reading um, about Daniel, and I will quote him two or three times this morning. J. Oswald Sanders says this, Daniel of the lion's den is not only a colorful character, but a man of immense moral stature and integrity. From the moment he appears on the stage of Israel's history to the end of his statesman's career, he displays the same fidelity and strength of purpose. It is not so much the high peaks of his life that draw attention as the consistently high plane on which he conducted his personal and public life. As with a number of characters in the Bible, we can learn some useful lessons on how to live our lives as followers of Jesus. And that's the whole aim of this men of faith. So look at these great men of faith, men that we would have had lessons and been uh, had heard sermons on before, but what can we learn from these men of faith to help us in our faith in God? And how can we rise in the faith uh, that we, we have in God as well? So we learn from these men of God. Daniel was a, a man greatly used by God to make God's name known. Through the things that Daniel did, he brought glory to God. Even though his future was in doubt, even though he had been taken as a young teenager from comfort and security into this place, that, this foreign land, where they did not worship the same God, even though his future was in doubt, he made the best of the situation. And through it, he brought glory to God. You may feel similar this morning. You may feel like you're in a, a foreign place, a foreign land, and unsure of the situation that you are in. Well, take comfort. Listen to the words that I bring today and the wisdom that we glean from Daniel and know that you are cherished by God and he can use you to bring glory to his name. Whatever your situation, whatever difficulties you're going, whatever great times you're going through, you can bring glory to God. All we need to do is to remain faithful to God and to his will. And be expectant to see God move in your life. Be bold in your love for God and rise up in the faith and knowledge of God. And so this morning I want to look at four things. Four things that we can learn from Daniel that I believe can be of use to us today. The four things was he was highly esteemed, he was most blameless, he was faithful, and he was brave. So let's have a look at the first one. He was highly esteemed. Daniel chapter 9, 
verse 23, says, for, this is a heavenly messenger, an angel comes and says this, For you, Daniel, are highly esteemed. And it's also repeated in chapter 10, verse 11, and chapter 10, verse 19. There is only one other person in the Bible that is called highly esteemed or greatly beloved by a heavenly messenger, and that is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Daniel was highly esteemed, and looking at his life, you can see, and I will touch on this one or two times in my sermon, you can see that Daniel was a foreshadow of Christ. And what we see in his life and what happens in his life is a foreshadow of what's to come in Jesus' life. And you get this, there are a number of characters in the Bible, a few characters in the Bible which are foreshadows of Christ. So Daniel was highly esteemed and greatly loved by God and was well pleased with him. Inevitably, if God is pleased with him, not only would God be pleased, but his peers, those around him, those that saw him, they were also um, greatly pleased with him and highly esteemed Daniel. He was a, a highly esteemed individual in Babylon. You may recall the magnificent miracle of Daniel in the lion's den, and we will look at that in a bit more detail later. And it's clear that Daniel was highly esteemed there by the, the king who really didn't want to put him into the lion's den but he did reluctantly and was relieved when he, was, when he survived. And again, he brought glory to God because of that. I think probably in all of us there is a desire to be highly esteemed, to be beloved, to be highly beloved, greatly beloved. So what was it about Daniel's life that made him so beloved by God and by people? I believe there are a number of reasons why. He was consistent in his devotion to God. He was consistent in his devotion to God. He did not waver. He loved God and was devoted to him. Completely and totally devoted to him. Even though he was young, and I've said he was young, he knew his God. Even though he was a teenager, he knew his God and fully trusted that God would vindicate him and always bring about the solution that God wanted. He had complete faith, complete trust in God that he knew that even in this incredibly difficult situation and, you know, just trying to imagine that for a moment, being taken from Guernsey and placed in a foreign land where you knew nobody and you were under the, the reign of this, this evil king, this strong king, Imagine that. And yet, in that situation, God is still, um, Daniel is still obedient to God. It can also not be ignored that Daniel was constant in his prayer. Constant in his prayer. And he was constant in his study of the word of God. He knew his scriptures and he knew his God. So I asked a question this morning, are you constant in your devotion to God? Do you want to see a breakthrough in your life of faith? Learn from Daniel the importance of being constant and consistent. 
Not only was he highly esteemed, he was most blameless. Daniel is almost too much to believe sometimes. But the truth is, he was blameless blameless, and lived a very pious and dedicated life for God. If we go to Daniel chapter 6, we read the first five verses. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 says, It pleased Darius, this is a different king now to when he first came to Babylon. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were more made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities, that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men we will never. Finally, these men said, "We will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless he has something to do. It has something to do with the law of his God. He was most blameless. Daniel was is one of the most blameless and trustworthy of any of the characters in Scripture. His rivals, his accusers." could not find, find any fault in him whatsoever. And remember I said about this foreshadowing of Christ, this reminds me of Jesus and Pilate and the words that Pilate said, didn't he? He said he could not find any faults with Jesus. And again we see here these officials could not find any fault with Daniel. And as we look at this and Knowing that he is a foreshadow of Christ, it adds a greater weight, a greater importance to us as we learn about Daniel and his life and his example. Daniel 6 verse 22 says this, and these are the words of Daniel himself. He says, My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, Because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I done any wrong before you, O king. He's innocent. He is blameless. Reading this, we may think, well, I could never be like Daniel. I could never be blameless. I could never be innocent. We all make mistakes, don't we? We all make mistakes. And none of us are perfect, but... That shouldn't stop us from endeavouring to do what is right in the sight of the Lord. And we see that in Daniel's life. He endeavoured to do what is right in the sight of the Lord. He was dedicated and persistent and consistent and constant in what he did. And it's quite often we could could come out with the same determination to be completely devoted to God and and then we trip up, we, we fall and we make a mistake. And then we can go through the whole process of beating ourselves up sometimes. God doesn't want us to do that. God is a forgiving God. 
And if we're truly sorry, we know that he will forgive us of those things that we do. I'm enjoying an album at the moment um, called Homemade Worship by an Irish worship group called The Rend Collective Experiment. And one of my favourite songs is one called Second Chance. And I just want to read the lyrics to you because they fit in with what I'm saying about second chances. My future hangs on this. You make preciousness from dust. Please don't stop creating me. Your blood offers the chance to rewind to innocence, reborn, perfect as a child. Oh, your cross, it changes everything. There my world begins again with you. Oh, your cross, it's where my hope restarts. A second chance is heaven's heart. When sin and ugliness collide with redemption's kiss, beauty awakens by romance. Always inside this mess, I have found forgiveness, mercy as infinite as you. Countless second chances we've been given at the cross. Countless second chances we've been given at the cross. Fragments of brokenness salvaged by the art of grace. You craft life from my mistakes. Black skies of my regrets outshone by this kindness. New life dawns over my soul. Beautiful words. Countless second chances we've been given at the cross. Daniel truly put his whole life into the hands of God. And he knows that he can do that with confidence. And we can do that with confidence today. We can put our whole lives, as we've been singing this morning, our whole lives into the hands of God. We can put our whole faith and our whole trust in him. You know, if we put our trust in in God and his ways, we can know with assurance that God's enemies cannot touch us. Because like he was with Daniel in the lion's den, he will be with us. We can put our trust in God like Daniel. Maybe you are facing the enemy and you don't know what to do. Well, put your trust in God. Put your trust in him and get locked into prayer and scripture. Take great comfort from knowing that God is on your side and will not allow the enemy to consume you. Even though it may seem too much for you, God will bring you through. Daniel was most blameless. He was also faithful. Daniel 6 verse 4 says in the New King James Version, he was faithful. In the New NIV it says trustworthy. He was faithful. To be faithful means to be loyal. It means to be constant and steadfast. That's what faithful means. Daniel was loyal to his friends. And as a result, was highly esteemed and well-liked. He was someone whom his friends could put their trust into, even to the extent of their lives, which we can see in 
when Daniel refused to eat what the king demanded and in the fiery furnace as well, they put their faith in God. This is the extent to which these young men trusted their respected friend Daniel. He was definitely loyal to his friends and loyal to God. To be faithful also means to be constant and steadfast. This seems to be a theme in Daniel's life. He was constant, he was steadfast, he was consistent. To be constant means to be continuous and persistent. We, we need to keep on, keep on going. To be persistent in our walk with God. And sometimes we can be on our walk with God and, and things can come in, things like situations that are very difficult and distractions can come our way. We see from Daniel, even though he was in great persecution, even though he had the threat of life, of death, he kept constant, he kept faithful to God. We need to keep on, keep on going. Daniel was constant in his desire to be near God. He wanted to be near God at all times. He made sure that he was constant at all times, in constant communion with God through prayer and studying the word of God. And I don't want to overlook that this morning because, you know, it may seem like this is really simple stuff about praying and reading the word of God, but we all know in reality this can sometimes be the hardest thing to do, to be constant and and uh, steadfast in our prayer lives, in our studying. I believe it is so fundamental. Such a fundamental key to living victorious lives as followers of Jesus. And that is to remain constant and steadfast in our walk with God. Not swerving to the left, not swerving to the right, but keeping near to God. Is that your desire, to be near to God? Now, I'm not saying we need to do this religiously, because we will fail. We are are not into religion, are we? We're into faith. Faith in God and being followers of Jesus, being led by Jesus. We want to live lifestyles that are pleasing to God and ones where we are in constant communion with him. Are you faithful? Are you loyal? Are you constant and steadfast? Daniel shows us the necessity of being faithful. And the fourth thing this morning that we see from Daniel, that he was brave. He was brave. This is the final aspect I want to look at this morning, but it's probably one of the most significant, is the fact that he was brave and courageous. And I want to look at four occasions of his bravery. Four occasions where his bravery is demonstrated. The first occasion is when He is required to eat of the food that has been consecrated by heathen religious rite. To him, as a a devout Jew, to eat would cause him to become guilty of sinning against God. It would cause him to become guilty of idolatry. To eat at the king's table would go against all that he would have been taught on the laws of God all the laws that he would have grown up as a Jew. It would dishonor God, and he, in fact, 
By eating that food, we'll be denying his faith. I want us to take a break from me talking for a moment. I just want to watch a, 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 a clip from CSW, which is Christian Solidarity Worldwide, a great charity, one that I wholeheartedly support. And they are an organization that campaigned for those that are persecuted for their faith and for not to d- denying their faith. And I want to look at a story about a minister from Eritrea. And Eritrea is a, a country that, in Africa, that is under great, great... Um, if you're a Christian there, you are under great persecution. So let's watch this clip from CSW. I used to be the senior leader of an evangelical church in Eritrea's capital, Asmara. My church was growing fast, and lots of young people were coming. We had about 20,000 youth within three years. I made some statements against the military conscription policy of our government. You can't really say anything critical of the government in Eritrea. So that made me quite unpopular with them. They came to arrest me, but the first time I wasn't there. But then I was arrested on my way to a coastal city in May 2004. The surreal thing was, they escorted me like a government official. Twelve armed men were in front of me and twelve behind me in a pickup truck. They put me in prison without charge or trial. We used to eat black tea and bread for breakfast. Lunch was a spoonful of lentils in water shared between eight prisoners. Saturdays were really special because spinach was blended into the usual lentil mix. On Sundays we were given the hard, inedible meat from animal intestines. As disgusting as that sounds, we chose to eat it simply for the protein. Obviously, they tortured me. That's fairly standard in Eritrean prisons. They regularly beat my bladder, my kidneys and my chest. It's a tactic they use to cause the most internal damage. A kind of invisible torture, really. Extremely painful. Then another priest who was in prison with me managed to escape. But when the details of it got out onto the internet, the guards punished me because they thought somehow I'd leaked it. It didn't matter to them that I hadn't. So they confiscated all my medication for two years. They took my clothes, they restricted what I could eat, 
I was totally isolated from everybody. Up until then, I had been smuggling letters out of the prison to encourage churches. I was still concerned for them. Prison couldn't really take that out of me. But someone inside told the guards about my letters. So they beat me severely and put me in solitary confinement for three months. In chains. The pain got so bad in my kidneys, <clears throat> one of them had to be removed. The prison doctor thought I had about three days left to live. So they released me to the home of my friend. <clears throat> on a stretcher bed with a canister of oxygen. They expected me to die. But I thought it was a miracle to be on the outside of the prison. For years they had threatened to kill me, but finally I was on the outside. I thank God that my wife had meanwhile managed to escape the country with our daughters. And I have been reunited with my family. But in prison, I felt the prayers. I couldn't even tell you my story until now because I wasn't completely safe from the Eritrean authorities. With the help of some good friends and of CSW, I was able to get out. I used to be the senior leader of an evangelical church in Eritrea's capital, Asmara. Actually, it wasn't me, it was this man. His name is Pastor Tesfasayan Hargos. There are over 2,000 Christians imprisoned in Eritrea as we speak, and tens of thousands of others. Now that you know a little more about what happens to them, the first thing you can do is share this film. Many more people need to know about their situation. Awareness will inspire greater action on their behalf. We're already speaking up for imprisoned Eritreans at the United Nations and with government officials. Now it's your chance to give them a voice. Get involved in the campaign today and hear more true stories at www.csw.org.uk forward slash cry freedom. Thanks for watching. Let's just pray for those that are imprisoned in Eritrea this morning. Heavenly Father, we, our hearts are broken for these men and women that are imprisoned because they will not deny their faith in you, Lord Jesus. We honour them for their bravery and courage to stand for you. And so, Lord, we pray for this pastor that we have just seen as he recovers and his life is restored and for his family. And we pray for those 2,000 plus people that are in prison today, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray, Lord, that they too will be released and, Lord, that they will live. And we pray for the many thousands of Christians that are um, persecuted in that country, Eritrea, Lord Jesus. And, Lord, we, we dedicate our lives to, to pray for them, Lord Jesus. You know, we, we, we can't be there, but, Lord, we can pray for them, Lord Jesus. So we pray for them today in your awesome name. Amen. I just wanted to show that video to highlight the work that CSW does, but also it links in with what we were talking about, Daniel and his bravery. Daniel was not 
willing to compromise his faith. How often do we compromise our faith and allow ourselves to do things that dishonor our faith in God and his guidance and commands to us as followers of Jesus? Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 says this, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. Daniel was resolved. He was brave. He could have easily given in to eating the food because he wasn't in Jerusalem. He was in a foreign land that did not share the same values and beliefs as him. No one would have been none the wiser if he had eaten the food. But Daniel was resolved that he would not eat of this food and go against all that he believed in. Even in his youth, he was a man of inflexible principle. Again, J. Oswald Chambers says this about Daniel. The firm convictions and noble purpose of Daniel's youth laid the foundations of his granite character. And God responded to his faithfulness by giving him the favor of the officer under whose supervision he had been placed. The supervisor even endangered his own head to grant to him what must have seemed only a strange whim of this attractive young man. The second occasion was when he was, Daniel was called upon to brave the wrath of the king in Daniel chapter 2. And in that chapter, we won't read it today, but it's the story where Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And he wants his, um, wants his astrologers, his sorcerers, his enchanters, magicians, to not only interpret the dream, but to tell them what the dream is before they interpret it. So, and they're, they're, they're terrified of this king. And they say, we cannot do this. How, how can we tell you what the dream is? And they, they say, no one can reveal to it to you except the gods, and they do not live among men. And of course, Daniel goes in, in great bravery because, because they won't um, tell him what the dream is and interpret the dream, then Nebuchadnezzar, in his normal fashion, says, I'm going to kill you then. You're going to, I'm going to destroy you, you will be killed, and all the wise men of this land will be, will be killed because you cannot do what I'm asking you to do. And we see such bravery from Daniel, such moral courage, as he's willing to go to this raging king and ask for what? He asks for more time. What courage and bravery. And it works. He avoids certain death and is given extra time. But I love what he does with his extra time. What does he do with this time? Well, he goes to his friends and he has a prayer meeting. So it shows you how important prayer meetings are. We've got one in a week's time, okay? So <laughs> prayer meetings are good. And he comes, and this is what he does with his time. He goes and has a prayer meeting. He calls his friends and asks them to cry out to God and plead for mercy from him. And they get an immediate answer to prayer. And the mystery of the dream is revealed to Daniel. And so Daniel's courage is repaid with his life and the other wise men's life. And in the process, he also brings glory to God. His bravery results in the king recognizing the power of God. Sometimes we need to stand our ground and be willing to face the things that are against us. Like Elijah 
who we looked at a couple of weeks ago, there are times that we need to confront those that are against us and the enemies of God. And we can do it in the strength of the Lord. We too can be brave because we have the Lord on our side. He is with us and he is our vanguard. Another occasion of Daniel's bravery is found in Daniel 4. Again, the king has a dream. He tells them the dream this time. And the the wise men could not interpret the dream. And they were afraid of this king. And I would be as well. They were afraid of the king and, and they would not interpret it. And again, Daniel shows such moral courage, such bravery. As he says in verse 19 of chapter 4. Verse 19, it says, Then Daniel, also called Belshazzar, was greatly perplexed for a time, and his thoughts terrified him. And it goes on, and he does go to the king, and he interprets the dream. Even though his thoughts terrified him, Daniel went on to explain the dream. Even though he knew it would probably result with his head. The interpretation of his dream was humiliating and not a good one for the king. Not a good result, future for this king. Even though Daniel knew this, he did not keep quiet. And he spoke out. And he did it with bravery in the strength and sight of the Lord. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in difficult situations that we know we should speak up. Even though we may think we know the outcome if we do. With the strength of the Lord, we can speak up. We can speak out and do so with bravery as we put our full trust in God. The last occasion of bravery is one that we will all know quite well. And that is Daniel in the lion's den. A firm favorite in children's church Sunday school throughout the world. Daniel in the lion's den. The new king, Darius, has set up his kingdom. He's setting up his kingdom, setting up his parliament. And he puts Daniel over the whole realm as prime minister. And as is in life and people, there was envy and jealousy. We read about it earlier, didn't we? The other rulers did not like Daniel because of his position and because he was trustworthy, because he was blameless. And sometimes we can find in our own lives, because we are followers of Jesus, because we are salt and we are light, we can find ourselves as victims of envy and jealousy sometimes. You know, salt can be healing, but it has a sting, doesn't it? It has a sting when applied to raw wounds. And sometimes we can, we can experience this, but eventually the salt brings healing. And so I want to encourage you to keep on going. Keep on persevering in the places where you are, in the place where you work, in the places where you live, in the places that you do life. Continue to be the salt and the light, to be the voice of God. And yes, it may bring a sting initially, but so many testimonies have been given of perseverance where people have come around and 
given their lives to Christ because of your witness, because of your life in the places where you are and work. You are in the right place and the love and the power of God is within you. You can break through and bring healing and salvation. So envy was rising up in the men around Daniel. And he was under great danger as the men scheme to find a way of destroying Daniel. The same vigor and moral courage that we have identified in Daniel, Daniel as a young man is still seen here in his older years at the age of 70. Time has passed in Babylon. He's gone from a teenager and gone through all those things that we have read about. And now he is 70 years old. And he's put into this situation. Into the den of lions. He was constant. He was consistent all through his life. For his faith and trust in God. The envious rulers around him perceived that the only way to trap Daniel is by using his relationship with God. They know that he is dedicated to his God and that he prays to God daily. And so they use this to trap him. Could the same be said of us? Could we be trapped the same way? Challenging thought this morning. If praying to God was illegal, could enough evidence be found in our lives to convict us? A challenging thought. Daniel 6, verse 10, we read of Daniel's reaction. He says, it says in chapter 6, verse 10, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he didn't run away. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. What bravery. Even though he was aware of the decree, he still prayed to God. He still continued as he always did. And so reluctantly the king puts Daniel in the lion's den. The rest of the story we know. My last quote from J. Oswald Sanders says this, Daniel was not saved from the, lion, the den of lions. He had a greater experience than that. He was delivered in the den of lions and emerged with a thrilling testimony to the power of God. I'm not saying being brave is easy because the very word means ready to face and endure danger or pain. Showing courage, that's what being brave means. Daniel was ready to face and endure that all that came his way because he found that he could put his whole trust in God and that God never fails him. He didn't allow his own thoughts, his own way of doing things to taint his faith in God. Daniel was truly a great man of faith. A person we can learn so much from. He was totally surrendered to God. And even though in the natural he could guess or even see the outcome, he was totally surrendered to God and his plans and his purposes for him, whatever they may be. 
How often do we allow our evaluation of the situation to taint our faith and trust in God? I pray today, Lord, may we be totally surrendered to your will and to your purposes. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would have complete control of my life, of our lives. We've seen that Daniel was a great man of faith. He was highly esteemed by God and his peers. He was most blameless and lived a life of total dedication to God. He was faithful to God and to his belief in God. He was brave and willing to stand up for God in any situation. We can learn these great lessons from Daniel. And I hope they, with Elijah and David, can help us and inspire us to rise up in our faith in God. Their life lessons can resonate with ours as we endeavor to press forward in the power and the will of God. Keep your faith strong. Don't let difficulties in life drag you away from God, but use them to draw nearer to God and see them as opportunities to truly live in the power and strength of the Lord. God is great, and he is worthy to be praised. And as we live for him in faith, we can and we will bring glory to his name. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. We just love your scripture, Lord. It's so amazing. It's so incredible. And Lord, we thank you that we have these wonderful characters, men and women in scripture that inspire us and encourage us and teach us and lead us as followers of Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would be your church and we will learn from these lessons today. Lord, that we will rise up in the faith that we have in you. You know, maybe our faith isn't that big, but Lord, you are a great God. And so our faith, even if it's as small as a grain of a mustard seed, is in you. And you are powerful. You are great. You are awesome. You are amazing. Thank you for listening to And it is you that we put our faith in. For more podcasts, information, so Lord, I pray for us, us please visit our each website today. At as we go from this place, as we go from this time of communion, this time of praise, this time of worship and fellowship, this time of equipping, Lord, that we will go into the places where we live, the places that we work, knowing that you are with us, that you are Lord of our lives. And we raise that banner over our lives, not only today, but tomorrow when we arise and go to work, when we go to the places we go. Jesus, you are Lord of our lives. Lord, you reign supreme. You are sovereign Lord. Amen.